Welcome to the 1970 podcast. I'm here with Brandy Kalish, decorator extraordinaire, a friend of mine. Very fun Hi, and Alex. hardworking person. Um, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Alex? I can't complain. I can't complain. I, I, I haven't caught the bug and uh, work is picking up. So, you know, it's like there's a, it could yeah. be a lot worse. Yeah, um, I'm really grateful that work is picking up. That's super important to our friends and our crews that are like our families. So it's really nice to see that our industry is coming back. You know, people don't think about us as much, the crew. They think about all the actors and the actresses. And, you know, there's been a lot of jobs that have continued to carry on during this pandemic, but the entertainment industry, as you know, has not been one of them. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. Good to hear work is coming back. It, it definitely got to, um, it got to a point where, I don't know, probably June or something. I was really starting to get, you know, June, July. Starting yeah. to sweat. Starting to sweat. Um, yeah. Yeah. The first three months, I was like, okay, this is okay. Like, I'm going <laughs> to make art and focus yeah. on studio arts and, like, work on my house and hang out with my husband and kids. And then after, like you said, like, once 4th of July hit, I was like, all right, let's get back to it. And then <laughs> it's been, like... It's been a fun weekend. Uh, yeah, my, <laughs> my business partner for Studio Arts, Emily Schaefer, we... I had to drive to Tucson for a family thing uh, for my son. And we went to the Saguaro Cactus uh, National Reserve. And she said something about how slow the Saguaro Cactus grows, that you, like, actually never physically see it growing. But that after, like, 150 years, even after 100 years, it becomes this magnificent architectural, just stunning work of art and nature and that's us yeah. we are slowly slowly yeah. growing like the saguaro cactus and yeah. we're getting there yeah. but nobody can see it so hopefully it took me a while end, to learn that it, it took me but, a while to, it took me a while to learn about uh to, to to embrace the slow growth yeah you know trying to work in this business because yeah, it's tough you first, think you don't want to get sure. on it and get going but you got to kind of start taking that the average over the year and say, look, you're not going to work every day. You got to be prepared for down ups and downs. Yeah. Um, just in it's case, wild. just so that everyone that, you know, all the millions of people that are going to be listening to this. Uh, so, <laughs> so they yeah. know you are a decorator. You decorate for television, film. Um, some of the notable uh, work that you've done is, most recently, Silicon Valley, Dead to Me, um, yeah. White Famous, Teen Wolf, Wilfred. And in those shows, the decorating is, or the decorator, I should say, you're a part of a team. So you've got the designer, the decorator, art director, um, and many other titles. Your lead man, the crew, yes. graphic designers. The painting people, the construction, so, so on. So many. Down the line. <laughs> um, 
it's it's confusing. What I the term I like to use is uh, it, that I had to kind of come up with on my own through my own process is to de is to demystify the process. And okay. it wasn't until I think it wasn't until I PA'd on like a Kia commercial or something downtown. And when I showed up, it was like a night shoot, and you get there, and it's like an enormous parking lot full of cars and trailers and arm cars and, and camera trucks and all this stuff. And I don't know. I didn't know who did what. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. It was just a giant mess of people and everyone's running yeah. around busy. And gear. Yeah. So, um, for in, in the, in the sense of talking to somebody who doesn't understand the process, how did you realize that one day you said, I'm going to go after that. And I've met someone and I'm going to follow this person and, and learn what they do. And can you kind of talk about sort of how, you know, in a nutshell, maybe how that came together? I don't know if it's in a nutshell, <laughs> but um, I will say that going to art school and being an artist for since I can remember, um, nobody told me, and I, I know this is a problem in our industry and, but nobody told me that the title set decorator even existed. I didn't know what a set dresser was. I didn't know what a set decorator was. I didn't even know really what a production designer was, what the art director was, what a buyer, what they did, how they got there, anything like that. And that actually is one of the reasons, many reasons why I was like, yeah, let's do this podcast, Alex, because people just don't know. And unless you're in this bubble and you somehow your Jack and Jill trades of your life gets you some haphazard way to that title, um, it's not wildly talked about like, oh, hey, this is how you become a set decorator and this is an option for you. Um, My story is definitely, like I said, not in a nutshell. Um, I, you know through the process of meeting someone that I was dating through a band, through meeting my mentor, Michael Whetstone, who then we were doing, you know, grand stages and world tours. And I started out as an apprentice. I didn't even get paid. Um, He taught me my craft and that became, you know, more stage design, stage design. Those bands then turned into, production design by doing their music videos. Um, The Hughes brothers, we are doing a lot of music videos for them. Um, They're wonderful to work for. And then those music videos turned into commercials. So then once we started doing commercials, um, the group of guys, the Whetstone design guys, who are all now like Adam Davis is a big time art director. He did Hunger Games. You know, Steve Redmond's a director. Uh, Marco Mille is a set designer. He does huge features and Whetstone did new girl and does, you know, massive projects. Um, they sort of trained me, they did train me, but then once we started doing commercials, they were like, wait a second, like there's an opportunity here for Brando or Brandy that my nickname's Brando. So I was falling into the decorator position, although at the time, you know, like Steve Redman was kind of being sort of the decorator I was picking out the cafe tables for the car commercials. I was picking out all of the smalls. I was picking out the art. I was picking out the furniture. 
And back then, that was my in on how, you know, thankfully I was able to get into the union. Um, from there, that turned into TV shows. And then the journey isn't done just because you, you know, get into the union. I, I always tell people that once that happens, you know, it's a very long process of which direction you want to go to to get to that like level of you know your career that you're after so i've, I've been doing it for 20 years um a lot of people took a lot of people yeah, take their foot awesome off job. the gas <laughs> it is i've noticed a lot of people take their foot off the gas when they get into a union i've always i've, I've never liked that it always seems very lazy to me yeah, well, I mean, it depends what position you are. You know, it's like some people will get into the union as a set dresser, which, you know, just to kind of break it down, like it's like an art army and it's there's ranks almost like like a tree. Um, there's the production designer, and this is just under the umbrella of the art department. Um, there's the production designer, which is what everybody sees on a card when they're watching a feature film or, you know, a TV show, which I actually think that should get a card too but it's some do i guess um i'd put your but name then, on what? I, I, whenever i whenever i'm filling out a little piece of you know something for dressing for the desk and i put yeah. i put the decorator the lead you know i put there yeah names. i mean but i i guess what i'm saying is like when you when you watch a feature in the very beginning it'll say the actors the director oh. the dp and it'll show produ- the word production designer the title with the person and i you know, the production designer is the person that creates the architecture and oversees the look of the project, but they give me a building or a shell or a location. And like we talk and we work together to create a look. And obviously like a decorator is the person filling that set or that location or that environment indoors or outdoors with the characters you know, the layers, the rugs, the art, the furniture, um, often custom made. And that is an art that is like almost three-dimensional sculpting that that I weave from the scripts. So, and from the actual look of the architecture and the location, um, whatever it may be. So, So there's the production designer. And then from there, there's the art director who is in charge of um, the construction coordinator, the construction guys, the painters, the mill, the sculptors, the welders, etc., the foremans. And there's the set designers who do all of the CAD work. Often back in the day, it was more pencil drawing, but now it's on computer um, and so on and so forth. There's, you know, art PAs, there's art coordinators, and that is part of that group. And then there's the branches, Right. And those are part of the branches. But then there's a, a hard branch to set decorator, which is a department head in itself that is in charge of the lead man who's in charge of the logisticals of like how all these items get to and from the stages or locations or, you know, um, the sets and and the gang boss and then all the set dressers, which are the hardworking um men and women who bring in the furniture and bring the art in and hang it and level it. And, you know, and the buyers, they're working with me hand in hand, you know, it's in the onset dresser who's there next to camera. <laughs> um, and then set tech PAs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then another branch, which yeah. is the prop master. And they uh, have yeah. their 
whole slew of, uh, of you know, our army people very in line with what the set decorator, art director, you know, prop master if has. All so these lines are the, a huge group. Yeah, these are these are all <laughs> the lines that are not, I think, are not obvious to people who haven't yeah. been working day to day in this world. Um, when someone casually watches a movie or a TV show, they, you know, who directed it, who's in it, maybe yeah. who's the DP or the camera guy. But beyond yeah. that, I mean, we're, we're just totally behind the scenes. So yeah. Where are all the famous set decorators? You well, know they, I mean? they exist. Like, they totally you know, exist. Not, and and I start to, yeah, <laughs> they definitely exist. And, and it's, it's like, I guess there isn't really that, that, sense of glamour that like entertainment tonight can talk about you know unless somehow I the think audience there is. i mean honestly like if they only knew and you know but like if they only knew what we were seeing and experiencing and talking about and i why mean this, you, the real story is behind the camera <laughs> why do you suppose just maybe your opinion but why do you suppose a decor a, a, a um a director gets fame and a decorator doesn't what do you think that is is it just human humanity wanting to kind of connect to the the heart like the mind behind it that's like it's the writer director and it's their idea or why why not give the fame to these other titles well weirdly within our circle of hollywood yes there are like in my mind there are famous production designers there are you know there's in my mind, we, uh, in our world, we think, oh my God, you did this, or, oh, yeah, I yeah. really loved your work in this, and we're more entwined in that, right? But I think because it's just easier for someone to look at a film and go, okay, who's that top person that created that, which is the director, or the writer, director, you know, showrunner, too, and then they are kind of the overseer of the whole thing, so that's where they go. Yeah. Like imagine if they picked apart the whole entire show and certain people got credit for certain things, you know, but I will say on dead to me. Um, yeah. That's what I was going to say on dead to me. You, you got a lot of recognition for that work. Yeah, it was, it, it's, Isn't you know, that you were nominated I'm for an Emmy. I'm super for that. grateful. Weren't you nominated? <laughs> um, but, weren't you nominated well, for an Silicon Emmy? Valley, for yeah. I, not dead too, to me. You know, Both? Silicon Valley was the Emmy nom. Yeah. Not, not dead to me. I thought dead to me was some, I know about Silicon, but I didn't know about, didn't you get nominated yeah. for some, there was some big to do about your set on uh, dead to me. Well, well, on dead to me, um, this season, we did not get nominated, hopefully next, but, um, but, uh, architectural digest did an article on the look of, you know, dead to me, which was super oh, okay. awesome. Um, and literally, I think since season one, there's been, you know, could be a thousand emails uh, of fans reaching out that are waiting till the end of Dead to Me or going through Netflix, pausing it, looking to see who the set decorator, decorator is, Googling my name, and then emailing me through my website and saying, hey, oh my God, I've been wanting to remodel my kitchen forever. I've been wanting to get a new bed in my bedroom forever, and I just haven't felt inspired until now. Where did you get that bed? Where is the bed spread from? Bed spread from? Yeah. Where are the draperies from? Um, it's all Brandy so, Kalish uh, branding. <laughs> it's I, all seriously, my- <laughs> no, for sure. A lot of the stuff I did custom design and make. So 
Um, but it, it's all decor based, you know, obviously like when they're asking other questions about like, yeah. you know, the cabinets or whatever, I'm, I'm saying, well, you know, the production designer, you know, helped with that, One did that. Off, and yeah. I, you know, helped pick out, you know, the layers in the kitchen and, and whatnot and the lighting and, and the pillows. But I went out of my way and replied to everybody. It took uh-huh. like months. So, and I'm still like just now before I sat down, a woman just hit me up on Instagram and asked me where wow. these pillows were from. So I, I noticed I go that, out of my way to respond. For yeah. Sure. That's, which is actually a really nice thing to do because when people get a response back from somebody, you know, it's almost like it's like a civilian and a, and a someone in some sort of special uh, yeah. you know, service is like, they're trying to reach you to talk about what you do when you respond back. And yeah. I'm speaking for myself because there's people I'm trying to get on this podcast that have done work that I really like, including you, which yeah. I finally got. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I message them on Instagram and then I comment on their photo and they respond. They go, I'll think about it. And I'm like, uh, you know, so to yeah, hear back, I know it's, I just think it's important, you know, if somebody is, passionate about what I'm doing and something that I've made or I created and they're, you know, writing me and asking me about it. If I have five minutes to reply to, you know, 10 of the emails really quick, I will do it for sure. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to make this a full speed brown nosing session. However, um, I remember when I met you, I didn't know what you did. And to be honest with you, (laughs) I, could, I mean, I could go on oh, for a while here, but I'll keep it short. I got a lot of work because of knowing you. And, oh, cool. <laughs> and and the, the people you introduced me to, um, some great people. Uh, anyway, you, it, in this business, there's people – what's a good example? So t- imagine – here's a good sort of um, analogy. When you text someone, they could respond – you could say to them, Hey, I got a question X, Y, Z. They could respond back with a sentence or they could respond back with an emoji. If they respond back with when you hold down the text and you can just respond back with like a thumbs up, that's like a little bubble on the text. Yeah. So to me, that's the minimum you could do. And this is just as a text message. Sure. In this business, people tend to try to find the minimum they can do to respond back to you unless you're really high up on their importance level right and I didn't really know you that well for a while and you were still responding to me and and helping me out with like information and I'd ask you questions so you're one of these rare people that is willing to take the time to answer somebody's question or help them along and kind of what do you call that when you you know send it back down the, the the you know what's that term the karma you know yeah but it, it, it's a rare thing that that people will be as busy as they are, have their fourteen to eighteen hour, and your days are really long because you have so many different. Yeah. As- you're not just doing one thing, and you have to focus on this. You got to focus on this, and then ten other things, and the last thing. So yeah, like a hundred other things, <laughs> right? So anyway, it's you're a rare breed, I think, and you deserve all the success you're getting. I've noticed that from that dead to me at least via Google, there's a ton of like branding things that are like, you've like started a little bit of a fire there, which is really cool. You know, it's, yeah, it's great. I, Lamps Plus reached out. Um, 
and I became like a brand ambassador for them. Um, we, when we first were, you know, nailing down the look of Jen Harding's house and dead to me, um, you know, there was just a lot of deep diving with her character and it happened to be that a lot of the lighting in her house is from Lance Plus. So I get a ton of emails from fans asking like, what's the chandelier in the foyer at Jen's house or what are the three chrome, you know, island lights in her house? And I I had like a little folder on my, my laptop and I would just send it to everybody, <laughs> you know, go-to. and then finally like Lamps Plus and I yeah. connected and they were like, hey, you're selling a lot yeah. of lights for us. That's great. So let's make a, you a brand ambassador. Yeah. Um, but I love them. You know, they were very helpful to us and you know, it's hard to get stuff like that in multiples so fast. Like that's another thing people don't realize that when you are just a regular consumer and you want to redo your bedroom and you want a specific light, you can order it and wait six weeks for it. And it's not a big deal or wait three weeks or whatever. In my business, we do not get a lot of time. So if I can order something in multiples and get it right away, that is a bonus for me. So, you and know, can you, can you talk about an email right now? Um, can you talk about like, why, you know, why we need many, many of one thing? Like you might, you might need five lamps instead of one. We talk about that. Yeah. I mean, well, for instance, Silicon Valley, you know, Pied Piper season six, it, you know, that was the size of like a football field that set. And it was um, three stories and we needed 260 desks, you know, like not everybody needs that much stuff. Um, Shout out to Veradesk. Yeah, you have to reach out to the vendors. You have to work with these companies and make sure that you can get what you need quickly, that it's within the look that you're after, that it's within the budget that you're after, and that it works with the characters and the story and the, the period, you know, if it's present day or... Um, you know, 1950s, it doesn't matter. And so it's hard to get things often as quick as we need them. So, you know, that, that is how that relationship with Lamps Plus happened. And other, you know, articles too, like with season two that came out, like Refinery29 reached out and other, and it's, it's been a really big honor. And so, so when, when can I go get a Brandy Kalish lamp? Well, ironically, you know, I'm definitely working on that. So we'll, we'll see. You'll, you'll be one of the first people to know, Alex, for sure. Sweet. But that is something I've been, you know, working on furniture design and lighting design for my whole life. But obviously, as you know, like our jobs are very, very, um, you know, we're working 14, 15, yeah. 16 plus hours a day. So I really throw myself creatively into every project I do, but I certainly have some stuff up my sleeve that will be happening. Um, As an example, as far as like, you know, we talk about our long hours, it it just just made me think of uh, a good example as far as these layers you were talking about and long days. Yeah. I remember uh, when I day played on season six of Silicon with you guys. And that Pied Piper, that final office they had. Yeah. <laughs> I remember showing up there. It was a giant empty room, like you're saying. And yeah. there were 40-foot trailers showing up, full. 
To the yes. point when you open the back door, there's boxes to the ceiling up to the door. So f- multiple 40-foot trailers full to the brim of boxes of, of product that you've wrangled somehow. And it was what were, how many of us were there? At least, I guess, six, eight of us working all day long. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's like eight of us working all day long for a week, dre- like bringing stuff into this location. And after all that, eight guys times five days at the end of that week, still you're like, okay, I don't, I'm not seeing it yet. Like not you, meaning, yeah. but like it wasn't even close to done. So well, that was just the desk. Yeah. Well, there was, there was some other thing. There was some little like furniture a, pieces. A couple things. Yeah. yeah. But it's like that's the volume of man hours and labor to get something going. And uh, what I wanted to kind of thread through that is when you see a wide shot of, again, for Pied Piper, let's say, the amount of detail. I wanted to ask you. I want to get into the weeds a little bit um, okay. and talk about detail. So from like an aspect of like layers. So you've got an empty place. Then you've got these nice desks. And then you get to this final look where the desk has a computer and you know a red bull and a keyboard and then like can you kind of talk about how you think that through and where you you go to sort of like is it you go home and you sit and you take notes and then you think how and your pictures and like can you talk about that process well um i do a lot of research and then we, depending on the project, um, for Silicon Valley, we traveled up to San Francisco and we toured like a ton of tech companies from startups to, you know, Dropbox, which was ab- absolutely breathtaking. Um, and side note, the one thing I really appreciate appreciated about, like, for instance, Dropbox is that they obviously went totally out of their way to find artisans craftsmen, you know, artists, sculptors, furniture designers that were just totally random out, you know, like people that you would never think of and hire them to make like a stunning bench for their hallway or their lobby or a massive mural in one of their conference rooms, or they like went out of their way to do that. Like these Silicon Valley tech people, they know their art, they know their furniture, they know their design, they know their decor. And so that was really exciting um, to see that. And then of course, like I have a photographic memory. It's like something that uh, I, I only have realized maybe in the past, like, I don't know, decade that it it's real, but but I take a lot of photos. I have like 70,000 photos on my phone, but I take moments of everything that I've seen in my life and it's like a catalog. And so for instance, for Pied Piper season six, you know, we had 200 some desks. I would break down like sections. So like we had the more creative section, which was hypothetically in the Pied Piper land. Like that is where Richard Hendricks would have all of his people doing graphics and logos and having, you know, um, the proper, uh, monitors for that and mice and whatever. Right. And what would those people have on their desk? Okay. So they're a little bit more creative. They live up in San Francisco. They are going here for lunch. They have this kind of friend. This one has a boyfriend. This one has a girlfriend. This one, you know, um, has like a lumbar support on their chair. This one is drinking Red Bull. The other one's drinking tea. 
this one's drinking a Yoohoo. It, it wouldn't matter, you know, like we would break it all down and then let's go over to the coders. Okay. So these guys are more strict about their tech. Like this is the kind of tech they're using. We would like talk to all the major players, you know, Microsoft, Corsair, um, you know, the list goes on to get Razor, to get uh, the hottest tech. Uh, we custom build the computers. Um, we had a technology game boss, Jordan. and um, Who was from San every, Francisco. <laughs> who was from there, yeah. and all his friends yeah. are, are in, you know, Silicon yeah. Valley. So um, every single cord, every single thing was super thought out. Like down to even a USB stick would have a sticker on it that had to do with that character that was at that desk. And yeah. And then there were our main characters like Guilfoyle and Dinesh and Richard himself, his CEO office. Um, the art in Pied Piper was all custom made. You know, um, for instance, the piece in Richard's uh, office, there were two artists, um, but it was very, um, we tried to find something that was very narrow net, like very, um, something that he could look at and meditate because he was the CEO of this humongous company. And if I put myself in the position of the, Richard hired me as the interior decorator to design Pied Piper in Palo Alto. That's what I thought about when I was doing it. And so not Richard Toyon. Well, also Richard Toyon, (laughs) but Richard Hendrick. Right. You know, so you kind of it's a, it's like putting yourself in a mind space that helps you get more to the point of yes. what really needs to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I researched even like what is the kind of art that CEOs in Silicon Valley are buying right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you first walked into Pied Piper, the lobby, um, I commissioned a piece by Matthew Billfield that was a pointillism dowel art that Mm. was of the um, famous Lena JPEG image, which is a square image. It's the top half of a Playboy centerfold, and it is the first ever compressed JPEG JPEG image, and it's called Lena. And she's actually famous because of it in the tech world. So I took that Mm. image... You had to get it cleared and licensed and blah, 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 but then gave it to this artist who other CEOs in the Silicon Valley world were buying big custom pieces from him, and he made this stunning piece for us, and it, it was in the lobby of Pied Piper. That's so that's really how cool. deep it goes. <laughs> yeah. And even just watching it, aside from all the everything else that's going on, I've noticed that... Um, you know, if if I if I remove my sort of critical thinking, and I just look at it as uh, uh, your average viewer, um, those things that you do really, 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 especially on that show, they really bring you into that world and help you solidify your belief that it's you're there and it's real and you're in that moment and it all is coming together and. The things that you see are, you know, the kind of coffees, the kind of coffee that that guy or those group that people would drink in that in that that environment, and the snacks on yeah. the wall, like all that stuff makes a lot of sense. And and it's it's the I think probably the only there's a very few people that are going to acknowledge that you did a good job because the designer and the director and so forth they know why you did it, but. Right. The audience, your average audience member just assumes 
Yeah, that's what they do. But they don't know how how much it took to get that cafe. How hard to look it like. is. Yeah. Yeah. My, I know. it's That's why um, to get the Emmy nom for season five was just, like, mind-blowing. You know, obviously yeah. something I'd always dreamed of. And that was for season five. I mean, you know, like Pied Piper season six. I mean, we did Rust Fest, and that was – a 40,000 person yeah. music festival. And that was before the season finale episode, which was another 30 plus set. Yeah. So it was, um, we pulled out all the stops. I think <laughs> Alec Berg told Rich Toyon that, uh, we laid it all out on the field. Oh really? <laughs> it's just like, I think it's like a Babe Ruth saying or something, I, I hope. But basically, Went all out but that's, for the finale. that's how we operate. I mean, yeah. my crew and I, we um, we give it all we got, like hands down, because it's like, why else even would you bother? You well, know, there's gonna, no half-assing yeah. it. And, if it's going to take that much time. World. <laughs> yeah. If it's going to so. take, there's so many good reasons why that, that I believe, I agree with that mindset, because you're already there. It's already pretty much your life. It's it's like 90% of your life and your family has 10%, you know, for the time yeah. during that. So if you're <laughs> yeah. not going to give it all you got, you're wasting your time. Um, and the uh, other thing is that it, it, it was successful and it looked good and all that effort went to something good. So it didn't just take all your energy and then never come to fruition or not be seen. So yeah. it was worth, you know. Um, speaking about talking to, like, creators and stuff, I would assume that your meetings and stuff and prep, you probably have a fairly limited amount of time to talk to Alec Berg or Mike Judge and stuff. When you do get into these meetings and you have time to kind of extract, you know, what they're looking for, how do you approach right. that? How, what, do, how do you formulate your questions and, and get as much as you can out of that short amount of time while you're near these people? It's kind of like a layered process because we have our production meetings and then Rich and Mike judge and Alec are close. So like he would have like more of a special access with them. Um, and Rich is the designer, when, right? Rich is your Rich design, right, yeah. yeah. The production designer. Um, so it's amazing. And basically he had been working with Mike judge for a long time and Alec. So um, we would have meetings with them and I would just break down on a piece of paper the super key points of the things that I needed to know, because as you know, even being a set decorator, like I'm, it, we're just screaming busy, but they're very screaming busy. And so I would just get what I needed out of that information and kind of branch it down from there. So, um, but we were blessed with them because they trusted us so much and they gave us so much creative freedom that by the time we made it to season six, I mean, we did have meetings, of course, but they really let us just put our foot on the gas and go. So that's, I I don't think a lot of people get that opportunity, but it was, it was like definitely um, a highlight in my career. That's for mm -hmm. sure. To be able to just create Pied Piper yeah. at that level and create Ross Fest at that level and, I can honestly say that um, every set we did, there was nothing left behind. Like every single detail was like methodically thought about and processed and 
inputted into the set. There wasn't like a, oh, fine, okay, we're done with this one, let's walk away. It was like, we are literally taking it there to the hardest level and okay, they're happy, now we can move on. Yeah. So, but that's that's how we roll. Well, you so. you also open set when the when whenever there's a new when a company moves, so that you're there, so they can get all that final question and little piece they needed. You don't just take yes. off and you're not available all of a sudden, which is yeah. A huge and thing as honestly, well. the best thing about that is they I, they loved every set. So you know, um, I, I don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh well, when we were doing Ross Fest. Um, Zach, who played Jared, said to me oh when God, he first got there, we were like standing out there, freaking insane. Um, it's like an empty mountain mesa, and then yeah. all of a sudden, uh, it turned into a music festival. Um, so he said they were like coming over the mountain, bringing him there, and he yeah. said they saw like Rust in the distance, and he said that one, they were like utterly, utterly blown away that we even were able to like figure out, um, how to do it in the short amount of time we did at that level of detail, but that to them as an actor, when they see us bring it so hard like that, that that makes them like just absolutely fall into character yeah. and not, you know, it's like, Oh, they want you to guys do are the gone. best job as possible. Yeah. So I, that I was could, a really big that. compliment. That's nice when it comes from like the, the sort of the, you know, I, the actors, but like, the actors are sort of the backbone and like the focus. So when you get it from them yeah. or the director, it's like, okay, that's a high. Yeah, my, Mike was blown away too. Yeah. I mean, they were very happy. So it was a really good feeling. That's, you know, part of the reason why we do it for sure. Yeah. Um, can you, I'm not asking you to throw anyone under the bus, but in, 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 <laughs> in contrast. So you had a great run, a great experience where they let you go. Cause they had the trust and you felt like there wasn't, you were getting, you were yeah. getting stopped and stopped. What's it like on something that you worked on where you're just getting like, you know, and I'm not trying to bring the house down here, but in contrast, you know, when you got a show that you're, you know, commercial or whatever it is, and how do you deal with that designer or director or somebody who just keeps emailing and calling you and double checking and stopping everything? And so, you know, how do you get through those bumps in the road? Well, I would say that. I haven't had that happen in a long time because like what we were talking about in the beginning of this conversation, I mean, I've been doing this now for, I, I guess it's 20 years. Um, and a designer or a director or a showrunner, usually like you connect with that person and even if they're a little unsure or it's the first time they're working with me or with anyone, uh, for that matter, um, at this level, they typically don't act like that. You know, they're like, okay, like you go through such an arduous pro process just to get hired at the, that level of a project that by that time they're hiring you because they trust you to do okay. this type of job. Now, you know, sure. Occasionally there'll be a project, um, but mostly it's been in my past where they're not as trusting or they're nervous or they're more, um, you know, I don't know, uh, amateur OC. Oh yeah. Amateur yeah, OCD yeah. about the process. I mean, everyone's a little OCD in our business, but, um, but again, like I, I try to stay away from projects like that nowadays, but I do remember what it was like. And I just, I just rolled with it, yeah. you know, like I, 
you know, I don't have like a tremendously huge ego about it. I, at the end of the day, like I treat each project the same, whether it's something lower budget or something higher budget. Um, I just, I consider myself and my crew, we're a bunch of artists and we're trying to three dimensionally sculpt something for the greater good of, you know, what this project is. So, and we, we enjoy it. I enjoy it too. And I, I love working, um, with the camaraderie of a crew. That's something that's really important to me. So we all like feed off of each other and it's like an energy that it's nice to be around people that you like for sure. It's, it's it's awesome. My, uh, one of my personal, it's not really a rule, but I try to use it as a guideline is, for this business and this work is, is the, is the money and the people. So the money and the people are, yeah. the money's great or the people are great or both. If the people are great and the money's not so great, that's cool. Vice versa okay. is, is cool. <laughs> yeah. If they're both cool, you're living it up. You know, you're having fun yeah, with everyone I, and you're making I a good I feel pick. like that's what it's been like lately. That's great. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had the same crew now for five or six years and, we all have a shorthand and, you know, we, we just have a really great time, but when it's time to get serious and really make things happen, we, we know how to do that too. So. Nice. <laughs> That's great. I I'm with you hundred um, percent. Yeah. So looking at all your work here, I've noticed that uh, you did a really amazing job on this little show called reanimated. Oh my god! Directed that by was forever ago. <laughs> In comparison, that was like that was literally like I think I was like twenty four. Oh really? I don't even know. I don't even know. That was forever ago. Yeah, I. Well, the, what I was getting at is. I guess with anybody, you know, it, in in their line of work, you can see sort of a, a difference in what they did a long time ago compared to now, and yeah. And, in ever for anybody, not just you, you know, it's, and I'm not just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evolving. But, yeah. It's an yeah, evolution. <laughs> and you've definitely like, you know, like I was mentioning to you about how, you know, it's really interesting to hear about how people uh, keep moving towards what they're trying to get to. And yeah. your, your list of work is just like, okay, now this, and then a little another step up and another step up. So yeah. <laughs> kind of where do you see your evolution and your timeline of your work? Like, where are you like mentally and wh- what have you done that you've been happy about and what would you like to do that maybe you haven't done yet? A lot of people, I see their list of work like that. I mean, not everybody, but I see, you know, you take those like steps and you can kind of see like which direction got them to where they're going. Um, you know, that's the cool thing about our business. It's like, you just never know like what's coming next. Um, but I definitely have had, um, more of a darker vein in my stories. Like obviously I did Teen Wolf and, um, Dead to Me is a darker kind of dramedy. Um, Silicon Valley, but I loved, um, but had its own dark humor in it. So I feel like, um, you know, things have been going kind of in that direction. Um, but I would like to, you know, eventually move into features. I think more features, um, 
but I like the TV world too. You know, it's, it's merged as you know, like everything is like being shot like a feature film when it's a TV show. Um, so we're getting that same feeling that it is when you're doing, you know, you're binge watching a beautiful, you know, season of whatever. And it's like a feature film. So we're still getting that recognition, but I would like to move in that direction if, you know, What's, for the uh, future, but also the the furniture design oh, yeah. is hot on my radar, and um, and then I have Studio Arts too, which yeah. is you know a contemporary art rental studio for our industry that we've been focusing on this year. Yeah. So, but with Corona, you know, everything's been kind of put on a little bit of hold. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm just ready to move past it, but yeah. safely. <laughs> Well, I luckily, I, mean, I, I I didn't read it thoroughly, but I I glanced at most of it. Is that um, that COVID agreement with the unions and DGA and so forth? About I just how saw that handling. we have to take like a class. Yeah, so safety class. <laughs> at least it feels like that has created some sort of sense of someone has responsibility, and now there's a go-to, and we can work because now we know yeah. how that's going to roll into the whole thing. But I still don't I just, think it'll be set in stone for a while. I know. I just did a Netflix uh, special for Kevin Hart. Um, and basically, it felt safe. I mean, they tested us every day. And, you know, I, we, we did our job. And there were COVID officers kind of bopping around telling us, hey, you know, spread a little bit farther apart. Um we got our results right away. You know, I felt really grateful for that. I feel like that's what the whole world should have yeah. rather than, you know, it's like, hello, everywhere you go, you should be able to get this. Um, but I just, I never could have predicted this. Nobody could have. Mm-hmm. And I miss working. I miss my friends. Yeah. I miss creating. I mean, had we, we had just opened studio arts two weeks before the shutdowns. Um, oh, no which was not expected and definitely not something we were hoping that would happen ever. But um, I've been very lucky and grateful to have a place to come to, to create and put my time aside from being stuck in my house, um, which I love too. But, you know, it's been like very therapeutic for myself and Emily to come down here and have this space to work out of and do the furniture design and do the art creating and do the painting and do the thought process that we're so used to going through, you know? Yeah. So now once we get back going here, um, working on a project, we'll have, you know, a place that we can go to that's, that we feel is safe. So but I'm ready like to a, go back. <laughs> that is, I, I completely agree that to have the sort of, a little escape, a little private getaway, but it's also a creative yeah. zone. Very, yeah, know, it's really... super important. I mean, yeah, we. I just never, I, I never could have predicted this. And, you know, I'm sure everybody's just dying for new content and we're, we're dying yeah. to make it, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm excited about the future. Um, and I just, I want everybody to be safe. That's the number one thing, you know, so our families are safe too. I completely you know? agree. That's why I consider myself, you know, I, I, I have my complaints and I have my whining and bitching, but I mean, <laughs> I'm not sick and, you know, yeah. I've got work coming, so 
I have really not nothing to complain about, you know. I know. It's it's crazy. I mean, you have your cool studio, too, to hang out in. Thank you. That's all lit up blue. <laughs> From this particular angle, it's not. It's kind of cool looking, but it's actually just a garage. <laughs> no, it's, it's my super cool. Space. And all like, of your, like, little drawers that are P-touched and yeah. labeled. What's in those drawers, Alex? Uh, What's in all, those drawers? So <laughs> there's a lot of different shit in here. A lot. I mean, a lot of this is, like, little tools, like my... If I move my big fat head, you can see my set cart. Is that a Himalayan salt lamp? Yeah, every podcaster has to have a Himalayan salt lamp and a skull, I think. Really? Where's the skull? There's one on the left and right, a black and a white one. I see it. And the 1978, that that's the year we were born. We. And if I'm going to yeah. if, if any if anything else I want in my life is to get a 1978. I know you don't wear hats, but maybe if I work with you on an outdoor shoot, I'll get you to wear one, and I'll get a picture of you. I don't know. <laughs> it would have to be like a a cool new, a newsy yeah. like cap, like yeah. one of the like. Come on, Brandy, put on. Come on, Brandy. Embroid- embroidered with the nineteen seventy eight oh. with like crystals Some, or something, yeah. <laughs> just, like a chandelier. I'll hat. draw you a picture. All right. Hey, I'll make I it. I don't know what wear. is. Does uh, other podcasts? have the Himalayan salt lamp is that like a thing I think the Joe Rogan podcast probably is the biggest one he's always in I love watching Joe Rogan yeah his last studio he had before he did this move thing uh there was one like right center between him and his guest I've had this little work table like in the middle is here for a while and it's always been there but I just moved it for this shot I kind of did a little like you know since I was having you on, I'm like, I got to put a skull or like a black, you know, something fun right there. So something cool. I love, I love skulls. I oh, mean, me too. you know, um, I don't know what my is, parents, but... as you know, are in the funeral business. And I used to, apparently when I was little, I used to beg my dad for a skull from our fish tank, but oh, yeah. he, he didn't get me one because <laughs> he said it would be unholy. Yeah. Um, so I love Joe Rogan. Yeah. I love watching the podcast. I don't get to that often, but I will say that the night, um, of when we were nominated for the Emmy, my husband was like, look, we got to just watch something and chill before we go to the Emmys. And he was like, watch this podcast. Yeah. So it was Elon Musk's first oh. time on Joe Rogan. And everybody talks about like, oh, he smoked the split, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. Whatever. The number one thing that was most important um, that I took away from that podcast was his focus on time management and how yeah. he talked about how he handles being the head of Tesla, the head of SpaceX, the boring company, etc. Yeah. a parent, a husband, blah, blah, blah. And so that was something that I'll never forget. It really made an impression on me. And so every time I'm like, Oh my God, I have so much going on. This is crazy, you know, or whatever. I always think about Elon and how if he can run all these companies and do all these things and put rockets in space and Mars and whatnot, then I should be able to handle my workload. (laughs) You know what? Uh, To be honest with you, I got to, I'll be real with you, but it's my opinion is that you can have one little thing to do or a hundred things to do. But if your if your mentality and your personality can't handle it, you have a personality yeah. where you can accept that there's a lot to do and just go one by one and get it done. Some people can yeah. have five things to do and they're like, I can't handle all that. And then just start breaking down. Your personality has to be that such that me. you can. Yeah. And, um, I know. 
Can you actually, can you go into that a little further? Because that's interesting to, to, I know that if you're not a decorator or at least close to it, it's hard to understand your, your day to day, especially when you're like, let's say prepping a, a job and you're, when you've got two sets to, or five sets to decorate, you know, I know yeah. that this city has got a lot of places to rent from, but that really isn't your focus. You go online, you make calls, connect, like all these things. So how do you manage your time with a show and 10 sets and a crew and locations and all la, 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 like what's your, Oh God. Well, um, it's definitely a talent for yeah. people to be able to do that. Um, and I think everybody has their own way of doing it, but I t- like, it's all like in one big melting pot in my mind. And then I just start spacing it out and it's a rapid fire situation. Um, for instance, for like uh, when I'm doing a show, I will do a humongous setback list that is like the Bible for the crew. And I update it every 24 to 48 hours. They send it to everybody. And it's kind of like a piecemeal situation for everybody. So like, they'll look at the set deck list of every single hope and desire and want and thought and meeting and conversation that I've had or read, et cetera, that has to do with what our show is. And Tom will be like, Hey, I have 20 gray, you know, moldy logs covered in moss that you need on this list Uh over here in a pile by my house. I'll load them up tomorrow and I'll bring them to set. Oh, Emily will go or one of the buyers or Julie or whoever will be like, you know what? I'll hit these 10 prop houses and I'll look for this specific chair. Another one will be like, I'll go down here and it'll be like, everyone will just branch out from this main list. And then I will tackle bigger, more difficult things that have to be massaged a little bit more. And we'll just keep working on it and timelining it. And it gets to the point where it's such a, it's such a grease wheel situation that we're just rolling it over and rolling it over and it's starting to happen. And, you know, there's an adrenaline to that as well, like accomplishing that many things at once creatively, but also something that's really important to me is to be a kind person, like genuinely, like people have problems, people get upset, people are happy, people are sad. I don't, think it's um and I I feel Hollywood is changing a little on this but I don't ever want to be a boss that is rude to my crew or aggressive or a screamer or anything like that it's just never going to get anything done and I think I just recently did a commercial um with Whetstone my my mentor and I realized after all these years um because I started working with him when I was 18 he is the person that I learned that from because when I'll, I'll do anything for him because he has been so kind to me and such a human, like just nice, but still he pushes me, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, Creatively, yeah, yeah. but he's, he's a good person. And so that's important to me too. And I feel like when everybody has that big list and everything's nuts and we're crunched and everyone's respectful to each other, it's like everyone works 10 times harder. I just, yeah. I feel like that's, that's something that's a truthful. I completely you know? agree. It, it, I know. Yeah. I, I guess I, 
I don't know. I guess it, maybe it sounds a little. I don't know. I feel like it could sound funny, but if if you just get a little pat on the back once in a while, it really keeps the motivation alive. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, no, I. I guess, yeah, I, like I've it, heard of that. It, um, from the people on top, like even just whoever you report to, it's just, it's just nice to get a little good job, guys, today or whatever. Because if it's just all yelling and stress and it's like, hurry up and where are you, you end up just being <laughs> like, I already know I'm going to get yelled at, so why hurry? You know, you give up that that edge. You just, you're like, well, I'm not going to win no matter how hard I try, so why keep knocking? You know, let's just, let's just skate. Yeah. And, you know. I hear that a lot, especially when you're when you're swinging around, getting sets, getting props. I hate to say it, but a lot of people they give up real quick and they start saying, "Let's take an hour and a half lunch and relax," because who cares anyway? We're just going to get shit on when we get there, and shit like yeah. that. So it's like it, it's 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 definitely better when the people above, even just within your immediate department, uh, you know, even if like. Like I like getting praise and saying you did a good job, but I also like knowing, hey, we could have done this better. We needed to be here sooner. Here's why. Yeah. Because that helps too. It's like okay, I understand what went wrong there and how can we can improve, how we can improve. And the next day, you you take those steps and you do those things and you didn't and you don't go down that road and everyone's happy. And right. um, that's good too. Just good information, you know. So. Yeah, um, I mean. I think it's been a long time since I've worked with anyone that hasn't been um, a nice person, but I feel like everybody, you know, just has like on Silicon Valley, on Dead to Me, et cetera. Like we just, we have such a hard job already and there's a lot of creative pressure and a lot of time management pressure like we are talking about um, and a lot of, financial pressure, um, and a lot of personalities and a lot of communication that is so key. If everybody is just happy, you're already tired, you're hungry, you know, like you're working long hours, you're not with your family, whatever. Um, it's, it's just creates like the explosion of like happy, creative sex, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, you can see it, you can see, um, when you're watching it, whatever it be, a movie, a TV show, you're like, that crew was happy. They gave it all they had. They yeah. worked together as a team. And it's like one big, you know, uh, three-dimensional sculptor, sculpture that they all did together. Yeah. So you, you can tell when they, they give it all they got. The you know? show, the so I just, too. I like to be a part of that. Um, I'm sure it's what similar, you know, it feels like maybe, you know, I guess not to be in the army, but like just to have that deep, deep camaraderie to have each other's backs at that level. It is though. I I think it is. I do. I feel like there's definitely a, a a military ish kind of thing going on where you've got your position and you've got your job to do and you got to be ready to do it. And, and it's definitely not the same thing, but there's some similarities there. And yeah, the fact that everyone has, you know, there's a list that comes out and it's like, here's a list and here's the date and da 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 da. And your job is this. And you better be there at this time. I, yeah. I, I like that that exists because then I know where I stand, you know, and I know that what, you know, I know how to stay in my lane and I, I like knowing that stuff. And it's, uh, it's yeah. good. I think it's a good thing. It's, it's a fun and, and to, in the show too, I think if you like the show or movie or whatever it is, 
So if you're decorating something that you're on, let's say season two and your season one was a disaster, if you take the job and then you end up just like the show is dumb and I don't like like that's a little tough. But if the show is cool and you've seen it and you like the show itself, to me, that's right. really inspiring because it's like this show is rad. Let's make it as great as we can make it because it's a fun show yeah. already. We know it's going to be good. It's a big, yeah, that's, big deal. that's how we felt. I mean, that's how we've been feeling, but that's on Silicon Valley. We were just like and dead to me and other shows. But, you know, the most recent we were. Yeah, really excited, you know, and I, I feel the same way. Like, like I was saying, I really miss everyone and I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. And I know we've all changed because of this pandemic, um, hopefully change for the better as a nation, as a world. And maybe we'll be a little more, um, cautious and careful about like each other and our health and just our you know, happiness, I guess, as humans, but I'm just so looking forward to getting back at it. You know, time is moving so fast. Like, you know, there's so many places I want to go. There's so many people and countries that I want to see. And there's so many more sets and projects I want to do. And so it's like, come on, let's go. Let's get this done. Let's let's Um, get there. You know, what, uh, I was taking a step back a sec, um, and ask you about, I guess Silicon Valley was somewhat bright as far as the look of things. And um, Teen Wolf was very dark. Obviously, it's nighttime and, you know, there's underground and bunkers and stuff. But I thought that those sets were super rad because they were just so, like, sci-fi and noir and stuff. Do you have a, like, is it, can you say that there's sort of a, like, a look or a design or a feel that you prefer or like? that you've done or that you would like to do that's your favorite or is it just sort of do the best with what you got? I mean, honestly, I like to do the best with what I have, no matter what, it doesn't matter if like I'm doing, you know, a Japanese village or a Silicon Valley tech company or a 18, you know, 87, you know, fruit bunker or whatever that we did on Tino of like, you know, um, or a, a 500 foot tunnel that has rats crawling all over it, um, <laughs> that are like greased and trained. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's or a little girl's bedroom or Jen Harding's house. It, it doesn't matter. I just like to do it in general, but I do like, I do tend to lean towards the darker stuff, but that okay. doesn't necessarily mean like totally a darker look. I mean, dead to me is very bright and present day and Laguna beach, you know, high end modern, um, you know, homes, but it still has that vein of darkness, the story. So that seems to be, um, a theme for me. Okay. (laughs) You, uh, you can kind of some, somewhat, um, gauge people from their Instagram. Not, okay. not like yeah, not really deeply. Is, is it's like an explosion. Of, yeah, uh, but it's things. it's it's actually kind of. I mean, I can gravitate towards it because I don't know why, but I'm definitely a fan of like of like architecture and geometry and patterns and things like that and lines and yeah, and, myself as well. Yeah, and I I end up noticing when you know you walk into some place and there's like some wall of of you know, balloons and they're all 
evenly spaced out. You just kind of look at it and sort of, you know, wonder yeah. at it. And a, a lot of your stuff, a lot of the things that have seemed to have caught your eye are they're either symmetrical or, or sort of evenly asymmetrical and very colorful. Um, and, you know, even the stuff that's that's chaotic, you know, with like branches or something, you could still almost kind of divide it evenly. So yeah. it's just interesting well, and the viewpoints of the street and like stuff like that. Is there is there something that kind of you've maybe noticed about yourself that aside from your work, just in your general, you know, how you view things, do you kind of see things in a certain way that is geometrical, architectural, or that you can talk about? I'm definitely drawn to the geometry of things. I, there's, I mean, that has been something that has been present since day one. I recently found some examples I did in photography class in my freshman year of college, and it was close-ups of the cropped geometrical fish at the Seattle Pike Place fish market and, you know, Romanesque cauliflower and just all these geometric sacred geometric type things so obviously that's something that's just kind of in there um i will say i take my instagram super seriously there there's a reason why there's long gaps in posting Uh, sometimes i'll just like boom 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 boom. i'll like knock out like five at once or one a day for a week and a half straight or something but then i'll have a two-week gap well, your, that is your photos are I definitely seen choice. anything that I feel is yeah. worth putting on my Instagram. That's what I was so. going to say. I was going to say that the, the the ones you put up don't feel like it's just like you got out of bed and you're sitting at the table. It's like, okay, this, yeah. this is something that has something gravitational to it. You know, there's interesting. There's It's interesting in some way. It's not super, super average, boring stuff, you know? it's. I put a lot of thought into what I'm going to post. I mean, I, I always like thought kind of should make a second Instagram yeah. of all the stuff I almost was going to post, yeah. but then did it. I know a lot but, of people um, that do that. They'll, they, they keep their Instagram pretty serious and like about the subject that's sort of related to what they do or what they like. Yeah. And then they have the second one. That's all just, you know, blah, blah, blah whatever it is. It well, I'll probably just them. stick to the one, yeah. but I, you know, like, and also like I haven't been out working. You know, I'm not in these really crazy vendors where like, you know, you're, I'm just overloaded with like beautiful furniture and decor and weird objects and bric-a-brac and tchotchkes and things that like nobody ever gets to see. I mean, just recently I was at a prop house and I saw those heart-shaped 1950s fly spotters that are literally brand new. They've never been touched and um, I couldn't believe it that that's why don't we make stuff like that you know yeah. anymore it's just they were beautiful oh, and yeah. so i dumped you, them out oh on the you table did that and, you laid them out the, what, yeah, the, the red and blue yeah and and so i'm not out as much seeing all these wild locations and whatnot because of the pandemic so now that i've been out more you'll yeah. there'll be more on my instagram oh cool for sure um so, yeah you uh went to Iceland once and then I remember you posted I think it was like old bathhouses or it went next to like a grave or something like that and it was all like it was just very 
very you, and it was like this dark old building made of wood that time was just just had eaten a layer away or many layers. And then yeah. this dark gravelly dirt that was almost like black sand, and then like these like graves, and it was just so like it was morbid, but it was also like that looks like just normally how things probably are. It didn't look like it yeah. was a random. It looked like the average kind of building, and. I that's one of my favorite places yeah. so far that I've been to. I've been to Iceland twice and it's like I could literally live there in yeah. Reykjavik. Like it's it's the architecture there is absolutely incredible and I don't really like the heat. So I oh, prefer really? it being cold. I'd rather oh. have like a jacket on and like a hat and scarf, whatever. Yeah. But just everything there is I don't know. They've just really had to adjust to their climate and the, you know, there's not a lot of trees there. So they yeah. take a lot of care in what their architecture and decor is. And even down to like the fonts on like their tombstones that yeah. they have in their cemeteries and like how they do do their tombstones and how they do do um, their cemeteries is very thoughtful like every single chain is carved and every single stone is, is it's thought out and it's just really, really beautiful there. And I got some of the best sleep I've ever gotten my entire life. I I flew there after (laughs) season five of Silicon Valley. We, we did a pilot right after and I got on a plane, uh, Josh and I went and think i like slept for three days straight i missed the northern yeah. lights because i was uh, so tired after working you sure yeah i was but, gonna say are you sure you just weren't super tired of like most tired in your life that's why you slept <laughs> no that's why oh that's it why. Is? Okay. yeah right. i was after a job and yeah. I just got on a plane and flew to iceland and because you end up working I'm, like you're not you're not like sort of uh, adhered to company you kind of just keep going probably seven days a week on a show like absolutely yeah it's like running at like NASCAR full yeah. speed. And then when it finally ends, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just drop off. And that's when I like to go somewhere yeah. immediately after and just have a change of pace. And I like that. I know it sounds yeah. odd, but it's, it's, it lets me fully commit to family and then fully commit to work. It's not yeah. like I have the weekend and let's hurry and do something. And then I'm tired on Monday. Cause I was tired. Cause I never rested. Yeah, it's like let's just give it all we got until it's done, and then yeah, I can just yeah, be yeah. done with it, and then I go do this rather than I kind of have a day for my kid, and then I kind of I have to go, and then I ha- it's like you're never like like an eight hour Monday to Friday where you have a little bit of time you get home and you worked, but you know it didn't take yeah. all day, and you can kind of work. I don't know. I prefer I, the I full don't on. Know if I could be like that either, like the nine to five, like it's like full throttle and then full throttle. Yeah. <laughs> so. It is. Um, what was I going to say? It was something about you were talking about Iceland. Uh, shoot, I had a question. Damn it! Oh, look at that one. I like the one with the dice. Yeah, all your photos have all like great colors. You've just you see like these little oh the guinea pig. Um, he's like oh god. Sorry. We actually got a puppy recently. Oh yeah, that I um that we named Salem, Massachusetts, because uh, that's where my husband, he's from near there, yeah. but, and um, we got her right before the pandemic, and she was, like, this big when we first got her, and now she's, like, 
she was a runt, but she's a boxer. So she's kind of a small boxer and I've never had a a dog before or a pet really besides guinea pig. Who's stepping up up and taking responsibility with the dog? Is it a fallen on you? Oh, yeah. No, it has not fallen on me. No, but I get all the benefits of having a puppy. I get to like (laughs) hug the puppy and pet the puppy and do whatever with the puppy. But then, you know, the boys, Odell and Elia are responsible for, yeah. So it's, it's been nice. It's really, really cool. I have to say, like, I just, I never, we never had uh, pets growing up. So Uh, I would love to get one. I think we'll probably end up getting one when Rory gets a little older. Yeah, no, because the responsibility will fall on you then (laughs) because Rory's so little. Wait till she's a teenager, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, I, I I had a question. I I not remembering it super clearly, but I kind of wanted to like see like I'm looking for this connection where you know you've got a two dimensional plane on TV okay. and film, and everything's on a it's being watched on a TV, so it's not it's not three dimensional truly, but it's it's. You know, they, you can have parallax where you see dimension, but ultimately it's a two-dimensional. So right. there's you, your your art and, like, what I see behind you and stuff, and, like, there, there's, there's more to art than television and film, and obviously you know that. And I wonder, like, what is in your mind and what is – what is there that like you're you're attracted to? And I'm not sort of just like na- like zeroing in on you, but for artists in general, and, and I, I could ask myself the same question. It's your eye catches things, and I'm like you, like you're taking pictures of stuff where it's like that's just interesting looking. But if you really stop and think of it, and you don't have to be like on acid or anything, and it's not like like that's yeah. fine if you are, but. Like aside from just thinking of it from like a like a like a like a trip, but it's you know just what is the human like? Your eye catches that stuff. The guy that works at a bank that's just interested in working at the bank and managing money, he doesn't see these things or she or whoever. Like there's just people that don't notice this stuff. But you and other artists have whatever it is that notices shapes and color and like and you seem to also kind of be like going far enough to where you're probably looking even a little deeper with just some of the abstract stuff. And there's obviously a, a, a thing there. And I would love to just kind of like, I'd love to know why people are attracted to certain things. It gets kind of psychological really, but. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like my Instagram is a really good example of obviously like, like I said, like once every week or two weeks or once every two hours it just depends what pops out there are certain things that I visually find tasteful and find attractive um all the pieces here at studio arts like you know Emily and I thought very deeply about each piece as a set decorator as a buyer what is needed out there in the world contemporary art wise to provide for people to rent because obviously a piece can't be too in competition with the subject or sometimes it can be, it just depends if the script is or the content. But as far as like a personal preference, 
I, I think a person a taste kind of can't be taught and mm. every person has their own personal taste and mm. mine's developed over the years, but there's just a certain look of something that interests me that I, the minute I see it, I know that it is something tasteful. Yeah. That is something that other people will find, you know, exciting to them creatively, yeah. whether that's a piece of art, whether that's a powder coated table or a dolly or a vase or a rug or a flower or a building or a piece of trash on the ground. It's whatever it is. When I see it, I, I, it, and, and in set decorating, um, I am like, my husband teases me that I'm like the robot Johnny five, like how in the short circuit movie, how he's like, and, but like, <laughs> I'm like scooting through all that stuff. So That's fast, good. like books and internet and people's pages and, different um content from all different places not just like i don't i don't just go on tumblr i'm like deep diving into like the newspapers from the 1800s and just weird stuff all over the place modern i google and look up like german furniture companies i go like i'm looking through whatever i can and getting as much input as possible but when i know something i'm attracted to something i know that it is something that I am after creatively, whether it's old or new or in between. So, so you sort of organically, I don't know what you organically. Yeah. And when I'm doing a set, there'll be one thing that I gravitate towards that'll get the ball rolling. It's like, I'll be like going through the aisles at a prop house or a vendor, whatever online or however it comes out. And I'll be like, there it is. Boom. And it'll hit the whole ground running for the rest of the set. So one, one particular, it can be something big. It just sparks something and that color kind of range gets you going to the next thing and whatever it is. Yeah. And then the same with like just everyday items, like, you know, Instagram or whatever, that is something that, well, Instagram's I won't post a, a, it unless it's, it's something like, that I feel is important to me. As I say, it's almost like a great little diary for maybe someone like you. You can yeah. flip through and remind yourself of something you liked. They will help the yeah, next yeah. thing. A visual diary, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I used to do like drawings and journals and stuff when I was younger. It's, it was kind of like a paper Instagram. Yeah. But now, you know, it's we live in this digital world. So it's, you know, it's very... Um, I don't know. I, I, I love to see what everybody else is up to, you know, but I also love the disconnect too. Yeah. You know, that's important. (laughs) There's a, like, there's, um, I, 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 if I try to equate like, or, or think of how, um, you know, when you, the, the visuals of a, of a, of a, of a, of a TV show or movie. And, and when I look at things that, just from the set, like the location of the set locations, like that's a little, that's something that really is actually quite fun is I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a, um, call sheet and look first to see where we're shooting because it's really fun to, to think, Oh, we get to go into the, this loft apartment in this, in this 65 year old building downtown and then yeah. like get, go to the roof and literally no one's ever allowed there, but now we're going there and I can go up and down as much as I want free reign and take pictures. Yeah. And the angles you get and the things that you see. And so when you get that, 
and coupled with like a professionally decorated design environment. So you're taking that space and then adding a bunch of even cooler stuff to it to make it the geniuses like, you know, little like workshop or whatever. It's just, it's, it's, it's fun and rewarding and very special feeling. And um, I agree. The only things that like are like that when you're not working, not the only thing, but one good thing is like when you go off somewhere random, like a desert or the ocean or, and you get these vistas and stuff, that's, that's how I could equate it to how to get that feeling, but not through work is to be somewhere unique. This interesting looking that, that I could, like I could go, you go drive and take like the long way to Vegas, let's say, and you end up through like route 66 or something. And these like, there'll be some iron like gates on some road to nowhere. And you're just like, that's so strange. And I just want to look at, I'll sit there and like take a picture and then just listen and like hear the desert and look at it and look at close and the metals like rusted. Like there's a story and all that. And I don't know. I think that's where I can kind of agree and and understand your world because it, these things say a lot and, and they're fun to just, enjoy because they're part of the world and you know that that it's not a brand new building with white walls that that, you know a doctor's office that's just has no character really i mean it says it says it's a doctor's office but there's nothing there's no soul to it so to speak you know yeah no that's it's really exciting to get to go to different places and like you said the only thing that it can equate to is really traveling you know, like, or I guess being in your home that you love, I mean, and, and changing things and kind of decorating your home, that's super exciting. Or maybe picking out a new piece of furniture or a new outfit or, but there isn't that, that's why people, you know, once they get into this industry, it's like you automatically know whether or not you belong with us or not. So it's like, like we were talking about in the beginning, like it's, not a lot of people know about all the crews and the positions available that you can work towards. And anybody can get into our business. Um, It's not easy. It's hard. It's a lot of sacrifice, a lot of talent, a lot of different things that have to come into a person's life at play to get to where everyone is working at whatever jobs they have in the industry. But it's out there. Like, you can be a set decorator, not just an interior designer, but actually like design and decorate things you never even dreamed of. You can work watching film sets as a set dresser. You can be by the director. You can be coming on set dresser. You can be a prop master if you're into firearms or food or being, you know, um, you know, building different, you know, props or whatever. You can be a prop maker. You there's all these different jobs. There's craft service. If you're a chef and you want to be in the film industry, you can do that. You know, it's not just director, actor, exactly. actress, yeah. DP. You know, it's we're big. It's yeah. It's it's a really exciting thing. And I'm, I bet anybody could just Google and probably find a call sheet from something, and you'll see that you'll <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll, you'll find some whether it's from some movie from the '80s or whatever you find, but it'll be yeah. the example. And you see all the way down to the assistant and to the the person just cooking breakfast, you know, or whatever it is. Sure. And not to say that that's low on the importance level because 
there has to be someone no, making breakfast. No, it's not low at all. I mean, right. we have to eat. I mean, that's like, we're like, what are we having for lunch yeah. today at crab service? Yeah, or whatever. And you know what? That, that's actually something I, I wanted to mention that I know you know this, but the importance of everything may not be clear, but everybody's important. Because, for instance, the, the yeah. food, the person that preps or cooks food, if there's no food there on set, if they're not making you lunch or making breakfast, yeah. that means a hundred people got to go out and wait in line at a restaurant and they're all going to come back in two hours. So it's actually beneficial. And the reason the food amongst others is there is because look, right. here's your food. Now let's go to work so we can be, a, you know, get things done rather than hoping everyone comes back on time and so forth. So probably why yeah. a lot of like Google brings in lunch for their crew, their, uh, you know, staff, cause they want to keep working, you know, and get things done. Yeah. But the that's tech a big... companies have like the best yeah. lunch cafeteria oh, situations ever. Hence we recreated yeah. it for Pied Piper, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, the food is super important on Wilfred, uh, Elijah Wood and Jason Gain, uh, Gan, they were very passionate about having the best, uh, chef oh. so we i think they had like a cook-off or something in the very beginning and then like the crew would run to the food truck wow. at lunch to get first in line i mean they were incredible we'd have like crab fritters and like shrimp scampi and uh. like crab legs and you know uh barbecue chicken sandwich just incredible quality food um I it's feel like the best catering that bad. I've noticed and the best crafty has been, and I haven't worked on many, is movies. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I'd i say, like, pretty much it's gotten better, hands down, like, as the jobs I've done have progressed. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't get a lot of time to eat. Well, so. you don't get to hang out and, like, take your hour lunch. Yeah, no hanging out, yeah. no hour lunch for yeah. Sunset Grade. You're like, <laughs> so you don't even I have, eat. like, a little bento box I've that I just you. bring and, like, snack on. <laughs> I've seen, I think I've seen you go all day on, like, a Red Bull. So, you know, I don't know that you even need to eat. Do you eat ever? Have you eaten before? <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> um, I yeah. do eat, yes, but not a lot. But when I finally get to go to, like, travel or yeah. you know or home or whatever for thanksgiving or you know whatever I, when the I, show's over in the show's yes, over yes i eat your- alex <laughs> <laughs> it's when i see you work and you're just like i don't have time maybe like you know and then you just keep push 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 and you get all your stuff done but um, yeah, I'm, I'm too focused to eat <laughs> yeah cool well so hey let's talk about uh um studio arts for a second and how people can okay. look it up so studio arts, um, we, like I mentioned, we opened a couple weeks before the pandemic and, um, Emily, who is a buyer who works with me on all my shows, we have been like thinking of doing this now for forever and we went for it. And I know like it's easier said than done. You know, people talk the talk, they don't walk the walk. It's really hard. Um, our families came out and helped us. It was not easy. You know, we've had a lot of help and support, but we, we did it all on our own. And so we created a large library of cleared contemporary art pieces and decor. Um, they're all sourced from us ourselves. We are, we, have taken great care in picking out every piece and 
you know, we picked out the frames. Anything that is framed is framed with non-reflective plexi for, you know, DPs, whatever. So it doesn't have that high shine glare or it's just framed on a floating frame. So um, I also tried to really deeply think about that the pieces aren't too heavy because like these are all things that we've come in, you know, we've had these problems and come to realize like, hey, you know, like we need something quick. We need something that hangs on a 3M hook. Um, So we've got all these pieces. We had our family come out. We made this beautiful spot um, downtown LA and boom, pandemic hit. So we have a website, it's studioartsllc.com, and we have an Instagram, and um, which is the same. And, you know, we are getting back into the groove. You know, a lot of commercials and stuff have been, like, kind of reaching out. We've been really grateful for the support, and, you know, we just, the stuff's so great. Like, I, I love it. So I'm, I'm excited to share it with all the set decorators and buyers and have everybody see um I'll send you, Alex, everything. Um, let's see. I will. Let me just. Oh, did I somehow. Can you still see me, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. I see. So. Oh, okay. And I'll send you my Instagram. I, I, I know your Instagram. We're, was, we're on the, the, we're, the Studio Arts Instagram. Oh, didn't I, didn't I uh, get on that? I thought I followed you on that. Yeah. Oh, you did. You did. Okay. Sorry. I, I saw Instagram coming through and I was like, oh, am I saying it wrong? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Studio I'm, Arts LLC, at Studio Arts LLC is the Instagram? Yeah, okay. at Studio Arts LLC. Because there's another Studio and, Arts in like North Downtown that does something related, but not decorating. It's like VR or something. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because that is why there's the LLC. Yeah. Because... There are just so many different things out there. Yeah, Studio Arts LLC. But oh. for instance, um, you know, we have decor and furniture as well and a million pillows and a ton of them are custom made. Oh, cool. But we're just really excited to fill this niche of contemporary cleared art. Yeah. Because Can you, you know, actually just, mention that really quick? Talk about cleared art because that that maybe people don't understand why you need cleared art for TV and film. Yeah, uh, it's a big one. So for instance, on Silicon Valley, you know, we custom made a lot of the pieces for the sets. Um, but any art piece that goes on a movie set or TV set or commercial or whatever has to be cleared. Meaning you can't just go grab a Damien Hirst print or original from whoever and film it and have it be in a you know, Clorox commercial or whatever. I'm just trying to like brainstorm here. It has to be cleared. You have to actually have the sign off of the people who have done that piece. So all of the art at Studio Arts is we have the clearance from the artists themselves. So therefore when a decorator, buyer, or, you know, set dressing team comes and picks out the piece for whatever it may be, we can, you know, say, you know what, you're good. This piece you, it's cleared. So, you know, we are confident that you, you know, we'll not have gonna, to deal with that. And that is from, a big thing for yeah. a lot of uh, crews and stuff. It's you know? nice to it's, have that security that, you know, you're not going to risk anything or hear from a lawyer in six months randomly. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the same concept as like putting a magazine on a coffee table in a set. You know, you can't throw auto, auto trader on the thing without talking to auto trader. Right. You know what I mean? Or you can't put glamour, or vogue out on a coffee table in a set without, um, you know, having the clearance. It's the same thing with the art. So all of our stuff is cleared and we have, you know, the documentation yeah. of that. So I think that'll help a lot of set decorators. Totally. I know it will actually. It helps them for sure. Also the, the non-reflective or the lack of, of glass or plastic because yeah, at least on commercial, I've noticed I'm always taking the glass out of, of artwork because it's always a reflection, no matter what, no matter if you think it's going to be out of the shot, they always get a reflection of something. Yeah, that is, that was like the, one of the main things too. I was like, we have to have most of the pieces either not even with plexi, just floating frame or with non-reflective and have it hopefully be on a matte print because even the print can have a glossy and then next you know it looks like it's reflecting just as much as the plexi was i know it's crazy i mean a little gimbal yeah you'll be good what are your uh (laughs) what are your oh you oh like a tape ball or something yeah Yeah. but they're you know we're we've been looking into doing some self levelers on some of the pieces that you just unscrew and you know, they can get bull and it's, it's definitely something that, um, you know, we just thought long and hard about trying to put that, you know, fill that void, uh, in our industry. So, uh, the plan is to just keep growing uh, with our inventory and, you know, once our industry gets back up and running a a little more, you know, we'll be able to add more pieces to the studio art. So it's awesome. <laughs> I that's all I do is when I hear about people saying well, I need to rent X Y Z. I don't even care if you have it. I'll just say Studio Arts and just push, push. <laughs> we need I eighteen couches. It. Studio Arts. Studio Arts. Yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate it. I yeah. mean, I, I, I can't wait for it. Like, I think the industry is at like twenty percent, like right now or something, which I'm grateful for. But once we're back, like sixty, seventy, hundred percent capacity will be. Yeah. We'll be cranking, I'd be willing, you know, I'd be willing to bet us. if, if, uh, I put my money on, if we start feeling like the industry has got to the speed that it was at like late last year, early this year, that you're just going to be like, your head's going to pop because if you're working and you're having to like put energy towards studio arts, you're just going to never have time to stop. Well, the good thing is, is the past six months, um, you know, Emily and I put all of our energy, a lot of it actually yeah. into studio arts. So like we are dialed in over here and we have a full-time manager and some uh-huh. other crew people helping and working. So, um, we won't necessarily be here, but we have a full staff like helping do sales and, uh, you know, managing everything and right. getting the pieces all packed up for everybody. So we will be able to, you know, have, have, it, uh, have it totally work out. So I'm super excited about that. That's great. Cool. You have, that, you have uh, <laughs> like all the, like how uh, that, uh, I don't know if you want me to mention, uh, you know, certain other art rental places in Hollywood, but, you know, they wrap it in the brown paper and the bubble and next in like, or have either like reusable corners and then your stuff doesn't get damaged and all that like dialed in stuff so that you're totally yeah. ready to. No, we love, I mean, we love all vendors, honestly. Yeah. Like we're, we're friends of all the vendors and, um, you know, we, we just want to provide some new, you know, stuff out there for everyone to choose from. It's, cool. you know, 
and have it be like of the highest quality as well. So that's great. I think that it's, cool. I think that that particular, um, sort of direction as far as artwork, it's like, you can't really say you're, I mean, you can kind of be in competition, but you're never going to find the same selection at a place like that. It's not like cars or something yeah. or a Honda and like, you know, it's like you're have, you know, an, it's an orange on the background with a black dot. Like it's like, you're not going to find that in every place. You may have to shop there to get this specific. Right. Thing. Right. So it's, it's unique. that No, way. I know we definitely have super unique stuff. And so anytime I see any of the other vendors who, again, they're our dear friends and we, you know, we use them on our shows and everything everybody is really like a big family. Like, you know, there's no really like weird competition or anything like that. Everyone's super supportive. And, you know, if we don't have something, we're like, Oh, go to this place or, you know, vice versa. So we, we feel good about that for sure. Cool. So, Hey, did you want to um, talk about where people can like, like obviously your IMDB or your website or anything like that? Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people have been, finding me on my website with the dead to me stuff, but it's just my name, Brandy Um, has all my shows on it. Um, I was going to actually put up you're the worst, uh, even though that's a show I did sort of a couple years ago. Um, there's been kind of some renewed interest from people for those sets. So I was going to pop that up there and, um, yeah, my IMDB, it's funny. They, somehow know how tall I am. I don't even know how that happened, really? but, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Somebody the stuff must that have they find out <laughs> what it's like. Um, it's like, uh, what's that other website? Wiki Wikipedia. It's like somebody else takes the time to look you up and then put your information on your own website or your own page for that website. Oh, geez. I'll have Strange. to see if there's a Wikipedia or not, but yeah, Maybe. I mean, I, well, like IMDB and I guess you could submit, on somebody and if imdb accepts it but that's strange yeah they're for they're very strict about that imdb like that's actually like the legit place to look for someone's like resume um because they vet everything that's submitted so they're very strict about that so at least like when you can look at someone's imdb go okay you know this is what they did and this is you know legitimize you have to kind of legitimize it Yeah. yeah for sure Cool. So that's your website. You got your business and like, uh, do you want to mention anything else? What's coming up or kind of just like let people check out what you did? Yeah. I mean, my Instagram's Brando Setek. Um, I'm planning on, you know, doing, um, I'm starting a project like now, um, which a lot of people I'm sure, um, we'll find out soon enough what that project is. And then I'm excited for uh dead to me uh, season three as well. So cool. yeah. And it's one of your favorite months of the year too. I know I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. My, my husband's birthday is coming up and um, you're going to decorate your house I, for Halloween. That's a great house to put something up. So in. last year we had a day of the dead party because we had just moved into our house and it was like the most epic. Yeah party and we're gonna do it again this year and obviously we can't so keep a lookout for the day of the dead party at Brynhurst Manor (laughs) we'll see but yeah it'll be I'm excited sweet future future stuff but yeah I love October I love the fall I love the winter love the spring not so much the summer (laughs) what we do what we do have of it in this uh, region yeah yeah 
yeah, what hey, we do have of it. Brandy, so. I really appreciate your time. Cool. Very Me much too. so. Thank you. Um, oh, I'm going to look forward to having you on again next week. Just kidding. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing what uh, what you do in the future and uh, obviously love your style and appreciate you. Cool. I appreciate you too, Alex. Thank you so much. Thanks, I appreciate Bea. you and Rory and uh, Lauren, and I am very grateful for our friendship. Me and too. I'm really proud of your podcast, and Thanks. I'm very honored to be on it. So I am very honored to have you. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. Okay, cool. I'll Bye. see you soon. All right. Catch you out there. Catch All right. you. Peace. Bye, Brandy.